10, 9, ignition sequence start, 6. Hello, and welcome to Rocket Fuel, your daily update of everything that's happening in the Rocket Fuel community. My name is Wack, today is September 28th, and we're going to get started here with an update about Haleshki, um, because of course it was the regenesis today. Um, the first thing was this update came out of Geth, saying that they had a new version that was suitable for Haleshki, and then um, we started um, seeing block explorers, and um, there were some issues in the beginning, but then they quickly got fixed and everything was finalizing on time. Um, I had Rocknet who gave me a really nice summary of what happens. Um, what happened, he said it took almost 90 minutes to get everything finalized, um, but then at Epoch 11, uh, it looked good. Um, there was um, Rocket Pool, uh, Haleshki Genesis validators were getting their proposals through, so it was all looking good on their side. So there were some reasons for non-finality for the first while, and that was things like... Um, certain teams were not ready and were not online on time um, other people had issues with low powered devices like uh, if you were using teku with eight gig of ram that was causing issues um, lodestar needed a special flag to use more ram um, and some users had issues with, with the web3 signer component but not everyone um, rocket pool community had good representation with 90 percent of our validators um, online and all going well and um, just a few proposals were missed and then uh, there was more up of the update saying that the Haleshki homepage um, basically what you can see on the screen right now I think that's what it is um, no that's not actually it that's the um, pk910.de um, uh, page but anyway um, that on the Haleshki webpage, there's details on how to add it for MetaMask. You can get testnet faucets. Um, and then also some of the Rocket Pool community members have access to Haleshki ETH if you need that. So Patches has some for Rocket Pool users. Um, also PK910 has some, Rocknet has some. Um, and then the Chappella fork will happen on Haleshki tomorrow at Epoch 256. And after people start migrating their validators to zero, x01 um, they'll have more uh, haleshki eth available as well so um, there'll be plenty of plenty of it to go around and um, hopefully we won't need to resort to um, it being traded on the secondary market or anything like that so if you have any question about haleshki uh, pop into the haleshki nerd thread or uh, just reach out to some of the people that i mentioned a minute ago okay let's get to rocket pool stuff now so here we have um a discussion that took place overnight about um, governance processes that I think was really interesting. So um, a while ago, we covered um, an update to the TreeGen process that was uh, recommended um, by, I think, by Noshua. Um, the the TreeGen process was going to rework the way rewards were given to people who were in the entry queue for rewards. Um, before what had happened is you would not get any rpl rewards while you were in the entry queue you know while the beacon chain queue was really long and um you know the the community pretty much fairly unanimously people who responded to that thread in the in the dao forum um said that you know that was that wasn't really fair you know the people were going to bring their validators online and you know they should start getting rpl rewards from the moment they join the queue instead of from the moment their validator comes online so that was going to be um rewards um tree generation version 7 um 
and it seemed like you know um, everyone was kind of on board with that and then things kind of went quiet anyway um i think what happened was joe was pinged a few days ago i think or maybe joe brought it up a few days ago um and then um you know saying like we could go ahead with it kind of thing but then joe mentioned it at the team stand-up meeting and he <coughs> oh, sorry about that cough um he mentioned at the stand-up meeting and he said that um some of the team members were not comfortable with just making the change to the tree generation and he said you know i think they're done with the ad hoc processes they want to make a formal process for uh, reward spec changes and put it up to a vote and then um, noshua and uh, joe kind of went back and forth a little bit um Noshua said, you know, the post on the forum has been there for over a month. It's absolutely ridiculous that most of the team doesn't pay attention to governance for long stretches and then thinks they can stump in and dictate how things work. That's not the word Noshua used. He said something else. Um, and then um, Joe says, yeah, um, this one probably on me for not letting them know about it sooner. I'll take the L. And Noshua says, is it your job to keep up with the governance forum and brief the rest of the team? If not, it's not your fault. And Joe says, oh, definitely not. But this is one of those cases where I could have brought it up. And um, when you made the post and I just got sidetracked, I didn't forget about it. I just had to prioritize. Um, and then he said, I've got to go to a meeting now. We'll be back later. Um, but then um, Kane came in instead and kind of took over the conversation. And Kane said, I was aware of the forum post. I was surprised when Joe said it was being implemented and I hadn't seen a vote. Uh, maybe there was more discussion on it in discord but um i don't keep up with every conversation here you call the poll in your uh, post a sentiment poll is 40 voters on the sentiment poll enough to change how rpl tokens are divided is that what constitutes non-contention um there were a couple of comments and then a month later joe tells us he's implementing it again um there were probably more discussion in discord but i'm not across those so i it felt off to me that a change that affects RPL reward allocation like this falls outside of the usual governance process and that's why we brought it up and Dave agreed. Um, I think planning on um, replying to the thread with this concern after Joe brought it up um, that was being implemented but hadn't done so yet, Joe's message probably didn't convey my concern at all that well but there was no need to start attacking us for wanting to ensure that changes to the protocol were widely communicated um, to all affected parties and not just the 40 people who read the forum. So of course you know, I had to cover this on Rocket fuel before um and i was one of the 40 people who voted i think in favor of that um but anyway here noshua replied by saying dude what governance process are you talking about um i would tell you to read this and then there was a meta proposal for watchtower and rewards tree generation process but i already referenced that in the forum post this is the governance process we've been using for rewards tree changes from my point of view we had established process since november 2022 and from that process has been used for all previous reward tree specific specification changes is that I made a post 47 days ago suggesting a spec change and reference that exact process. Now, all of a sudden, the team says this process is void. Maybe we should have said that about 40 days ago. So, um, here, Kane and then Noshua had a long back and forth that I definitely think you should go and read because um, it's really interesting about the way that, you know, um, rocket pool governance happens and uh, where the PDAO fits in with the team and the different kind of things that people want to happen and the different processes for those happening um please go and read this conversation you know it'll take you maybe 10 or 15 minutes to read it all but i think it's really valuable to um to kind of figure out what's going on and how how um there's these different tension points and uh, you know bottleneck points and stuff and um blocks that people thought maybe they weren't there before but it might be that they are um so you know i'm not i'm not going to 
cover it all because I'd spend the whole episode just reading this. But um, Long for Wisdom here as well came in and I kind of um, kind of tried to sum up the discussion um, uh, from Gov Alpha. I'll be talking about those a little bit more um, next as well. But um, here, you know, there's there's some really interesting discussion that I really think that you should go and read. Um, but at the moment, like we need to, we really need to figure out what the um, where we stand. So um, Long for Wisdom said, you know, all right, here's my point of view. As a general point, DAOs need their process to be predictable in order to encourage people to interact with them. If processes do not proceed as expected, it's a huge disincentive to interact with them. No one likes bad surprises. It doesn't matter who's involved, why it's happening, or even if the expectation is valid, so long as there is a valid argument that the process is ambiguous. In this situation, the outcome um, that least damages the leg legitimacy of the DAO is following the president. Uh, as this is the least divergent from members' expectations. As much as the argument just because we did it wrong before doesn't mean we should do it wrong this time is valid, it also misses the point. If people are expecting something wrong, then take steps to modify the expectations by replacing it with the right process rather than subverting the expectations and disincentivizing them from interacting with the DAO. Like putting myself in Noshua's shoes, the devs uh, defined a process to change a thing. I'm invested in this DAO, so I want to make an improvement to the thing. In order to do that, I'm going to follow the process the way it's been followed in the past. A month passes. What do you mean you're not going to do the thing? I followed your process. I had a sentiment post to make sure that it wasn't contentious. Um, fairly sure I'd be annoyed in those shoes as well. And, and then... Um, you know, um, uh, look, long for wisdom says, and just to clarify, I'm aware no one has out and out said that it won't happen, but because you're in a position of power as the core devs, unless you are very intentional about how you communicate, any objection to anything that you have power over is going to be read as a denial. Um, and then Jasper says, I agree, suddenly requiring a vote for version 7, uh, requiring a vote is weird. Version 7 should go in the usual way, sans vote, and version 8 plus should go by vote if someone proposes an RPIP to establish a process. And then Valdov says, we explicitly made a process. The post-Noshua reference is from Joe. That doesn't go through the full vote process unless there's contention. We've taken things off the table due to contention before, and I don't think contention is a high bar. I think the process just lets us get out of our way for now and then um Valdok was on to say it's more than done in the past if we have an explanatory post saying this is how we intend to do it which is uh, which we have followed i'm fine with let's formalize and polish and tweak and vote on the process but i'm less fine with let's void the process more than halfway through um a use of it without some overwhelming reason so this whole discussion is fascinating if you are um, a governance nerd and really want information about how things are working uh, with rocket pool and the dao and the team and all the different like you know um uh, points of interest and um discussion there but definitely um go and give this a read i think it's it's really important so um as we are talking about um governance there's this really interesting um post here from pros 11 and they're also with gov alpha saying uh, this is a forum poll exploring medium term initiatives with gov alpha so um it's a long post here, you know, it's going to take about 10 minutes to read it all, but it's really worth you reading. So this was posted 17 days ago, but I missed it on the forum. And um, today it's kind of come back up because of these issues. But um, here, Pros11 says, you know, as a Gov Alpha pushes through, uh, as pushed forward with various governance initiatives, we're keen to involve you in uh, directing our efforts for the medium term. We've described some options below and we would appreciate a moment of your time to vote poll below or comment so here they've got you know a whole bunch of different things that they can kind of help rocket pool with number one is the 
RPIPS portal revamp. So objective is modify the RPIPS portal to better meet most common use cases in the community. Number two is snapshot vote templates. Standardize the language and format for snapshot votes for better comprehension and participation. Number three, redraft RPIP4, community resolutions and voting. And then they say resolve the issues of ambiguity in RPIP4 that are currently impacting Rocket Pool governance. Note this would be separate from the effective stake discussion and more focused on having an approachable RPIP for governance procedure. It says updating number four, updating RPIP types and statuses. Objective is to update the options of statuses um, and types to better suit Rocket Pool. Here we have number five, propose Rocket Pool operational processes. So create a formal um, operational process structure for the Rocket Pool DAOs. Number six is governance participation recommendations. So it says uh, create a set of recommendations aimed at increasing participation in the Rocket Pool governance. Uh, number seven is community participation recommendations. Create a set of recommendations aimed at increasing value added participation in the Rocket Pool community. Number eight here says decentralization permission of permissions. So decentralized permissions to reduce single points of failure and improve coverage. Number nine, facilitate strategic discussions, hold bi-monthly calls or workshops to discuss progress towards Rocket Pool's strategic vision. So then they say, what are your thoughts on these initiatives? We're particularly interested in your views on which of these are most urgent and currently unaddressed. The results of the poll below will inform our course of action. To help us gauge community interest, please select all the initiatives listed above that you would like to see us tackle. And then there's each one of those uh, uh, proposals and um, let's see what the results are so far so 90 percent of people say they want govern governance participation recommendations 81 um, percent of people say that they propose rocket pool um, operational process snapshot templates um, community participation recommendations and so on um, there's some feedback here from Dr. Dufus, from Waldorf, um, and then Pros replies. Long for Wisdom says, you know, here's a bump. Let's let's get some clarity. And then Dondo has replied here as well with some suggestions. Nosh was chimed in. Long for Wisdom again, and others. So if you um, if you are, are all interested in how Rocket Pool governance works and um, how you want things to kind of come together and how you where you want to see improvements happening in this whole process, then definitely check out this thread um, because there's some really good information in there. And, um, you know, these um, pros and long for wisdom have made a huge impact, positive impact in some of the governance discussions that have taken place. So I really think that, you know, um, it's worth giving them a shot to helping us make them even better. Okay, next we have the new treasury report that was given out, was sent out by Vaca. He says, hello, Rocket Pool. Uh, if you need an intro how to how uh, the PDAR treasury works, check this post. It says, in the next rewards period, the PDAR budget will increase from 22% to 23% of the inflation. This period saw the payment of 8750 23 RPL and 5,169 RPL for the IMC and GMC respectively for the last two rewards periods. The PDAO Reserve Fund received 9,225 RPL this period. Our PDAO Reserve Fund balance is now at 61,665, um, 3,728 RPL of which will be sent to the IMC and GMC if we fix RPIP 10. So see the last uh, post. Um, you can keep up with the PDAO Treasury with the following spreadsheets and there's links links to those if you want to read them. So thank you, Vaka, for getting that information out. Okay, going back to the Rocket Pool Discord, here we had um, Jasper listening in on the Lido, um, Lido node operator community call, and um, they 
had some different things on their agenda such as ethereum wave 5 onboarding and uh, ethereum reorg dashboard and statistical analysis and then there's stuff with nethermind and something else so the reorg dashboard is really interesting because um they shared this information about um you know which um staking services get reorged and which ones don't and lido themselves are you know saying that they um, get reorged 0.00149 percent of the time and then um, with rocket pool um, they're saying that we get reorged 0.01 percent of the time so they're kind of like saying it's a lot more than um than lido then they get uh, reorged um but i think that there's some um Okay, I guess first of all, what, what does reorg mean? That means that the blocks that get proposed, they can move around a little bit. Um, I can't fully explain it like this. With um, proof of stake, it used to be a lot easier. Sorry, proof of work, it was a lot easier to understand. I don't fully understand the mechanism in proof of stake, so I really should go and learn about that. But um, I think what happened is um, there was some kind of discussion about it that, that happened. And... Um, here there was an update from ken as well saying that in case you uh, cover it on rocket fuel for perspective there have only been two rocket pool proposed blocks that were reorged in the last two months so as you can see something that doesn't happen very often at all um the reason why um it was mentioned is because you know we have fewer um validators compared to some other services and i don't think it's anything that the node operator themselves can do to change it however i'm not sure so if that's something that you're curious about then definitely ask about it in trading of ken or jasper or others and they'll be able to give you a much better idea of what's going on there but i thought i'd just bring it to your all's attention because um you might find it interesting okay um next we have this from jasper here he's talking about a coindesk article where they talked about um ethereum staking and how it has a bright future um, and there was one key line that jasper here is sharing saying over the past six months centralized exchanges like coinbase and kraken staking are down four and 36 percent respectively while lido finance and rocket pool are up 56 percent and 85 percent so um, rocket pool has obviously been doing well these last six months and like has grown um, faster than others if you want to read uh, this um coindesk article about about this um, you know the link is in the description below and you can see it on the screen right now um, they just talk about a bunch of different like regulatory issues that might be causing putting question marks next to eth staking but and i guess ethereum in general but um there's a there's this line here you know if ether has been flowing from regulated us companies to decentralized finance projects like rider and rocket pool um, so you can dig into that and see what coindesk are saying about it if you are curious Okay, next we have Joe here with an update saying today is a bittersweet day. So for those of you who know about Joe, when he came into the Rocket Pool community, he was not a developer. He was just a community member. And one of the things that Joe really took a passion for right away was getting Ethereum staking possible to happen on a Raspberry Pi device. So he worked with like the Ethereum on ARM people. And ARM is the kind of chip that the Raspberry Pi uses instead of... Um, whatever it is the, the sorry I forgot, i'm forgetting like just like a regular intel chip or whatever um but the arm chips are, what, are like those low power devices and um joe made it his mission to make sure that you know staking worked on um the raspberry pi and he had like a whole like collection of raspberry pis that he was doing all sorts of testing on and that work that he was doing and getting the smart node stack working with um 
Raspberry Pis was, I think, one of the things that helped him get the job with the team. But anyway, he says today is a bittersweet day in preparation for the Haleshki um, testnet. You know, I've retired my very last Raspberry Pi and I've replaced it with the Proteus. And of course, the Proteus is the device that Joe makes himself. And then he has this Raspberry Pi with the hard drive attached to it. He says, this is what I used when Ramirod first got me into Rocket Pool a thousand years ago and what I used to make the smart node work on arm it's been with me since literally the beginning of my tenure here but it's time for it to retire so um that was a nice little update from joe about his last um arm device that he was using they've all been replaced with the proteus now because it's just a much more uh, powerful um system and it just um, is a lot more robust for what joe needs it to do Okay, next we have this um, other news um, outside of Rocket Pool. So this is um, related to the Ethereum Futures ETF that is happening. Um, and Vanek have started making a whole lot of noise about um, their ETF getting approved. Um, well, it was... Okay, so with futures ETFs, it's not a matter of them getting approved. It's a matter of them getting denied. So once applications went in for an ETH futures ETF, the only thing that would stop it from happening would be the SEC coming out and saying, no, you can't do this. Um, it's a seven or eight week process and the, the clock starts ticking from the moment of application. And because of that, you know, we knew that it was going to be coming in October unless it was denied. And normally those are denied within the first two weeks. So the fact that it wasn't denied after the first two weeks meant that it was most likely going to be approved. And now with the US government about to shut down on October 1st, uh, Vanek have started talking about how their um, ETH futures ETF is going to go ahead. Uh, so they had this little press release saying um, Vanek today announced the upcoming launch of a Vanek Ethereum strategy ETF, an actively managed ETF designed to seek capital appreciation by investing in Ether futures contracts. Um, ETH, that's the name of their, their ticker, does not invest in ETH or any other digital assets directly. They just deal with futures contracts. So um, there was a whole like song and dance, literally, that they did about it. Here there was an article from the blog um, talking about, you know, what it is and what's, what it's going to do and how it all works. If you're curious about checking that out, you can go do that. Um, like the song and dance is literally this um, ad that Vanek made for it about how... Um, there's a person dancing so um how um how this is coming to uh you know to be trading and um how the ether basically is uh, going to be huge and awesome and you're going to get rich by investing in this that is not my advice that's just what van Ecker insinuating here so definitely um check out what's happening with the future stuff um we had marceau here that who gave a really good um uh, update on what this actually means and Maso says um, no Scott Johnson he says people focused on the ETF flows when they should have been focusing on how this changes enforcement landscapes the latter is far more potent still underappreciated but it will become more apparent so what's happening is people are saying oh you know this isn't a big deal for Ethereum it's not going to be settled with actual ETH this is going to be contracts and it's not very useful and blah 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 and you know there's not going to be much money coming into this so it's kind of pointless it's not really going to do anything for the price so the fact that this is giving security um, sorry the SEC um, information and kind of like um, making it so ether is more likely to be a commodity than a security now here Maso says this is a key point to make inflows will probably be modest for eth futures but it implies uh, but more the, the the signals it has right so it, it it signals that the sec doesn't consider ether security which then reduces the risk and it clears uh, regulatory ambiguity 
ambiguity and then um, it furthers the regulatory more that will benefit ETH uh, and then it's a stepping stone for a spot ETF. So Bitcoin got its futures ETF in 2017 and it's taken like five or six years basically for it to get to the point where the spot ETF will be approved most likely in March of 2024. What's funny is that um, the ETH spot ETF um, will likely follow the exact same um, process as the Bitcoin one that, you know, we've already had applications going for that. And if the Bitcoin spot um, is ETF is approved, then it'll be incredibly, um, well, yeah, it would be incredibly unlikely for the ETH one to be um, uh, denied. So that's definitely something to keep an eye on. And um, yeah, that's some big news, I think, coming out of like the general Ethereum ecosystem. But anyway, on that note, I'm going to end today's episode. I hope you all have a lovely rest of your day. Um, thank you all for watching, listening, and being part of the Rocketville community. And I'll see you tomorrow. Bye.